Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. We are the Fit Team. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico. On today's episode, we're going to guide you through quarterbacks, more specifically, quarterbacks coming off major injuries from this past season. Can you trust them? Are they fully healthy? What kind of fantasy production can you expect from them? And most importantly, where should you draft them? Should you draft them? We answer all these burning questions on today's show. As with me, as always, is my really good friend, the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Tom, you ready to have some fun? What's up? I'm back back in the States, back from Canada, eh? Had a great time, and I'm ready, ready to talk some quarterbacks, ready to talk some injuries. We got a good friend, Zach, here as well, who I'm sure you're about to introduce, Joe. I sure am. Had some questions about Canada. We'll hold off for, for one moment on them. We'll bring Zach in. Zach, welcome back. Zach Hyduke, he is really a great guest to have, super knowledgeable. He's going to tell us a lot about the quarterbacks today. So he's actually the host of 32 Beat Writers podcast. It's called 32 Beat Beyond the Tweets. You could follow him at Hyduke Zachary. That's H-I-D-U-K Zachary with an H, not with a K. Zach, what's up, brother? Happy to have you back. Hey, not too much. I'm glad to be back on. It was good to talk with you guys last time, and I'm glad that I have you fooled that I'm knowledgeable. So <laughs> if we could fool everybody else, we'll keep going. You sounded good, and our uh, founder and CEO, uh, Dr. Tom Christ, said we need to get him back, and I said absolutely. But Tom, real quick, tell us more about Canada. You uh, Good times up there? A little hiking, a little action? What'd you, what'd you do up there? Yeah, and I drove up to Montreal, which, by the way, is a fabulous city if you haven't been you gotta go it is beautiful it is it's very walkable the architecture is really great it's super clean um i I mean this time of the year is when you want to go july and august it gets gets a little chilly in the winter there um yeah it's really cool did some hiking a lot of walking around biking i went on a boat they were having a uh the montreal jazz festival which was like a seven to ten day long free concerts every night and it was like a huge thing it was super cool good time uh, yeah i had a great time anything is better to me than new york city obviously you're closer to philly and philly is eh, we won't have to have that argument but like you said cleaner i'm like yeah philly is i mean i'm not supposed to like philly because i'm a new york fan of all these sports I, i do like philly the city better than new york but anyway let's talk some football here so What we're going to start with today is an episode. We'll probably have four or five episodes in this series. We're going to go position by position, breaking down players, of course, what we do, coming off injuries, and we're going to talk. This is why Zach is here and myself is here. Talk about their fantasy outlook for the year. So today we're going to talk about quarterbacks. We're going to go in order of current ADP. As of right now, it's still early. It's July 12th. Things can change. Things will change, but we'll talk about some of these players. We've got Lamar Jackson, Tua, Stafford, a bunch of others, and Tom will talk to us. He'll give us a little breakdown of their injuries. We'll tell you if we like them or if we don't. Then we got a fun little segment for the end. And, and you know, usually what we do talk about for everybody out there is, is generally redraft. And if you guys ever have any questions about Dynasty, about two quarterback leagues, this, I don't know if you guys play in all those. There's so many ridiculous formats these days. It's so hard to, like, keep track and make everything uh, uniform, I guess, so to say. But anybody out there with questions, let us know. But uh, that's going to be it for today. You guys ready to dive in? Let's get it. Yeah. All right. And as we talk about these quarterbacks, right, I think it's also super valuable to note that this doesn't just relate to the quarterbacks. Sure, we're going to talk about, again, Lamar Jackson and Tua and the 49ers quarterbacks, but this also is going to help you in predicting how the other weapons, how the wide receivers, how their overall offense, their tight end, their running back is going to perform. We know in all of sports, right, guys, 
quarterback is the most important position, right? So if a quarterback, for some reason, Tom will get into, is not fully healthy, something's wrong, that's going to hurt the other players as well. So there's a lot of things that we could dive into here and discuss, but we will start with the first quarterback on our list here, Lamar Jackson. So as of right now, again, still early, he's going off at quarterback five. ADP right now, average draft position, is around 38. That's around the start of the fourth round. Coming off a knee PCL strain that was in December. Tom, what do you think his outlook is here, you know, coming into the 2023 season? Lamar's one that we talked a lot about at the end of last season because his injury was kind of downplayed, I think, by uh, people in in the Ravens media and and just people covering them and and trying to predict how Lamar was going to perform after. But we talked the whole time about how concerning that was for his return last season because the PCL it, it it can be slow to to, to heal uh, it doesn't truly heal you really you have to kind of train your muscles to compensate for it um, but also it, it it it's very easy for it to get re-aggravated in the same season we've seen that with Ezekiel Elliott with Julio Jones with Dalton Schultz so last season we were, we were very concerned for the rest of his season outlook but this year is totally different I mean he's had a whole entire offseason to to rehab so uh he like swelling should be fine by now strength should be normal we talked a lot about proprioception last year which is the body's ability to know where its limbs are in space without looking which is absolutely crucial for someone like lamar jackson who's so agile and constantly cutting on a dime all of that should be fine by now and i don't expect any lingering issue from this and if we think about his injury history in general so last week's show, which if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to it. We talk all about what the medical research says about attempting to, not, I don't like to use the word predict, but understand if a player is at a higher risk for injury. The number one thing is prior injury. That is That and age are the two biggest things that can influence future injury. And Lamar's injury history, while the last two seasons have ended early because of an ankle sprain in 21 and this PCL injury in 22, that's really it from a major injury standpoint, which any player entering either his fifth or sixth season, if that's all that's on your injury list, that's not terrible. So I'm not overly concerned about Lamar Jackson's uh, situation going into this upcoming season. I like him. Um, you know, I'm going to provide some info here because this is what I do. And Tom, of course, you provide a great. And it's your guy. This is this is just my blanket statement. It's your guy's job at home to do a little work. You guys listen. You kind of make your own decisions. But yeah, Tom, I'm not worried either. But um, you know, just his last couple seasons. Let's take a look from a fantasy perspective, right? Can't forget a couple of years back, 2019, boys. He was the MVP. That was a special, awesome season. Um, now back to 2020. So right now he's going quarterback five, right? Mm. Last three years has not returned value on that at all. 2020 finished as quarterback 10, missed a game. 2021 missed five and a half games, finishes the quarterback 15. 2022 last year finishes the quarterback 14, missed five games. I mean, he, if you guys remember too, remember weeks two and three last year for Lamar, 42 points and 40 points. Guy went off. He's great, but I mean, aside from that one MVP season, of course he's good. He hasn't returned value, but listen, for this year, I do like him. At least it is ADP. I'm not going to reach for him, 
Um, new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, Todd Munkin, excuse me, comes in. I think he's going to provide a boost. Um, I think the older offensive coordinator was Greg Roman with the run first approach. Um, Munkin coached at Georgia. He loves the vertical attack. We would love to see Lamar throw a little bit more. Probably going to modernize that passing attack, I would think. And listen, he's still got good weapons, right? I mean, Bateman, we're kind of waiting. What is it, his third season? We're kind of waiting on that breakout year, but he's still there, right? Mark Andrews, a consistent weapon. They have Odell. I don't know if he's dust or not, but he's there. Nelson Aguilar, Tom, your old boy from the Eagles. They got J.K. Dobbins. (laughs) (laughs) They drafted Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Like, the weapons are there, but then there are some concerns. So I think it's fair where he's going, right? He's got the injuries. Since 2019, there's been a big decline in his passing attempts. They always talk about cutting back on the rushing attempts, right? Like we want to keep him around, keep him safe. I don't know what to make of it because there's all these positives, but then there's also those red flags. Uh, you know, Zach, what do you what do you think about Lamar for this year, man? What do you do you feel it's a fair ADP for him, QB five? Yeah, I mean, obviously QB five is a pretty significant investment, but anybody who talks to me too long will find out that I'm a Lamar truther of sorts. I don't really know how or why I'm a Patriots fan, but have somewhat grabbed onto Lamar as like, I don't know, my ideal quarterback or something like that. But um, I I'm really excited about him this year. I think it's fair, you know. Uh, at at five he's just behind joe burrow uh above justin fields i think he's a better passer than fields and just as good of a runner so to me that makes sense um the interesting thing with lamar is that uh even just from a rushing standpoint i you could worry that perhaps he would drop in rushing yardage and everything overall now with the new uh system going in and then passing more but he's actually more productive on scrambles than he is on designed runs which is uh really interesting now i I don't remember the numbers uh but that's a significant thing obviously scrambles happening on pass plays when lamar doesn't see anything it's either going to be open because of the new receivers that he has or it's not going to be there and he's going to run and he's going to get you some yardage that way so i don't really see too much of a hit to his rushing coming down, but I see his passing volume going up significantly. So I think it's pretty fair personally, but again, I'm, I'm biased for whatever reason. So I do remember last year, whenever we had you on the show, you, you mentioning Lamar as like your favorite yeah. something. I, I totally, I yeah. now, now it's all coming back to me right now. I mean, <laughs> so. again, I, I truthfully do think it's fair. I'm not taking him over. Of course, you know, Hertz or Mahomes mm. or Allen, uh, Justin Fields right in that mix right there. Again, I think it's fair. He's going to give you that floor every single week. Tom seems to not be overly concerned about the injury. Again, talked a little bit about it. Should be okay. Um, so I think it's fair. I'm not going out of my way to get Lamar, but I'm happy if he falls to me fifth round, you know, late fourth round, whatever it might be. Okay. Next guy has been confusing. Uh, there's talk of him maybe retiring, not actually now, but at the time during his injuries, during all the concussions, to a tag of Viola. Uh, tag of Viola. Tag of Viola. My goodness gracious. I have never Tua. been able to pronounce <laughs> yeah. it. Tag, tag of just, Viola. Viola. Just, Viola. I just stick with Tua, and I don't God, worry about the rest. Yeah. A unique first name, because I have never been able to get his last name down. I got risky here on a Wednesday evening. I could have easily <laughs> just said Tua and got bailed out, but we're going for it. Tua T. Um so he's going off a little bit later. He's QB 11 right now. ADP's around 90. So that's going to be around the eighth round there. Multiple pretty severe concussions. I mean, we talked a lot last year about how scary it was and, and so many different aspects to these concussions. Tom, what do you think his outlook is, at least from an injury perspective, for this coming year? 
there's there's definitely cause for concern. So I talked to our, our good friend Andrew Tierketter, who is a concussion and, and neuro specialist, and he he has some concerns. And basically, what we were talking about is within the nervous system. So the brain and the nerves. We'll talk about some more of that with another player coming up. When there's a prior injury. It takes less of a threshold, so less of a forceful hit for a subsequent injury to occur. And oftentimes that subsequent injury is more symptomatic than the prior one. So that's why we see when players have sub multiple concussions, they end up typically missing more and more time. It takes longer for them to progress through the concussion protocol on the subsequent concussions because the brain is more sensitive at that point. It takes less of a hit for concussion symptoms to come on and they are more typically more pronounced. Now that's not every time there's no right. way to perfectly predict that, but that's one of the unique things about the brain and the nervous system in general, where, uh, which, which can be a little bit different than soft tissue injuries. Um, um, more, more severe, obviously with it being the brain or the nerves, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but again, impossible to predict if he's going to have a concussion, if his line can protect him well, if he can protect himself well, if they can scheme properly for him to not take any big hits. He, he could play the whole season, and he could play very well. I, I don't expect any drop in production because of his concussion history. The, the concern is it's more likely that he's going to have another concussion than if he didn't have this history. And I remember last year, we kind of made the comparison that literally his brain and head almost is injury prone now, just to simplify kind of what you, you know, that's kind of what you were saying. And yeah, that's a very layman's, layman's term way to put it. That's what I do out here. Can't pronounce to his last name, but I'll tell you the easiest way to understand his injury history. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a matter of if he's going to play the whole season, right? I mean, that's what worries me. Zach, what do you think his outlook is? Do you like Tua? I know you're not going to like him as much as Lamar, but what are your thoughts yeah. on Tua for this year? Yeah, I mean, it all definitely hinges on that injury risk. And I don't know, Tom, uh, if you are able to expound any more on as he gets farther away from his previous concussions, is there less of a risk or less of an impact? Obviously, within the immediate couple days. But so that's that's what I don't know and I'm ignorant on. But insofar as how he's going to play if he's healthy i think he's an easy easy top 10 um i i don't just having waddle and uh hill and that offense there it, it, he's obviously going to put up numbers now we did see a, a decline a bit but uh, a lot of that was after one of the concussions that he had and i mean in that one game he had like three picks after having that uh weird hit that we saw i, I do know that he's gained a little bit of weight I don't know if that has any relevance to whether or not he will sustain another concussion or not, but I know that they're at least thinking about it. And as far as I know, they don't have anybody behind him. So the Dolphins, whether they're crazy or not, are relying on him. Yeah, the, just, just to, kinda, uh, to speak on that, the sooner from the concussion, of course, they're going to be at more risk for a subsequent one. As you get further out, I would think that that, would be less, the brain would be less sensitive, but it's still more sensitive than prior to any concussions. So is it less of a risk now than it was during the season? Probably, but still more of a risk than if he had no concussion history. 
Zach, with the interesting fact about him gaining weight, that, I mean, it could be intentional, maybe just to bulk up a little bit. I mean, his rushing ability is not really there anyway, so that's not a concern. So maybe he's just trying to be a little bit more durable. But it's like you guys said, it's a huge if, um, you know, I think there's a lot of positives here. I mean, really, you take a look, Miami's offense, guys, it could be one of the best in football. That is an electric. We could debate all day about who's got the best top two receivers. You can bring in Chase and Higgins, and you could bring in all these other guys. But Waddle and Hill is is, is disgusting. It's an un. Yeah. You just got to get them it to really football, is. right? It's, I mean, it's and it doesn't. It's crazy. You could be on your own ten yard line, and they could score a touchdown. Like they're you just, both you just give them a slant, right? Speed. Exactly. I mean, Tua himself, right? I mean, he saw some really big games last year was kind of in stretches. So I'm a little bit worried about like his consistency. He did have that huge six touchdown game, but a couple of just stats for you guys to think about led the league in passing yards per attempt. Um, he had four games last year as a top four quarterback. I think there was only seven or so guys to actually do that. So four weeks, he really, really, really cashed in mm. Had the highest touchdown rate in the NFL. He led the leg. This, this is interesting. He led the league in passing yards on play action and last year is a dot. Those of you guys that don't know, that's average depth of target, how far he's throwing the ball down the field. It spiked like crazy last year. So that's where I'm actually kind of hitting the brakes now because I'm actually a little bit worried. The big plays happen. Can't take them away. But I'm worried that him and that offense last year relied a lot on those big plays. And that's where a lot of Tua's success did come from. Granted, you have Tyree Kill and Waddle who could take a slant like we just said to the house. But I'm worried about that. I think we could see a little bit regression there. And again, last year with the injuries, missed four games, finished as QB 15, a little bit inconsistent. I think it's a fair ADP, guys. I don't know. The, the cost is, you know, the, the injury is baked into his cost, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, a little preview for later. I don't know if I love him this year, um, but I'm just worried. I'm just worried. I just see the picture of him going down and I'm when I'm just it's like one hit. I'm every every Dolphins game I watch, if I pick him, I'm just going to be like, Oh, bad hit, bad hit. I'm going to be concerned. I'm going to text Tom and he's going to tell me it's going to be okay. And, and it'll be all right. But I don't know. I I, I got a bad taste in my mouth about him. We'll see how things go throughout the year. Okay. So we have, let's see one, two, we have five players left a little bit deeper dive into ADP here. Still a fantasy relevant player, Matthew Stafford right now going at QB 20, his ADP a little bit later, 126. It's around the 11th round. So if you miss a lot of these big guys, Stafford could be a second quarterback on your team. Coming off an interesting one, and his he's got a rich injury history. We use what's that site, Tom, that we use? Um, Sharks. There's like there's like 15 or 20 of them, maybe even more injuries. But last year, the latest one, concussion. But correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, a spinal cord injury, right? Mm. A spinal cord contusion. And by contusion. the way. I- for everyone listening, I'm reading Joe's show notes right now, and he spelled cord, C-H-O-R-D, which I just love. Spinal. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> there's, there's no Spinal H piano. That makes hey, I mean, Wait, wait. Is cord, cord is like when you play an instrument? I think that's how yeah. you spelled it. Well, he teaches math, right? Not English. Something no, like I teach history. history. Oh, history. Okay. Well, there you okay. go. You're good. Yeah. Fine. Sorry. Spinal, spinal chord. <laughs> All right, Tom, tell us, tell us about his spinal cord injury already. Stop making fun of me. Oh, my goodness. That's good. So this is another one that I consulted our buddy Andrew Tierketter, the neurospecialist, on. And, again, he's, he's a little bit concerned for the exact same reason as Tua. Remember, this is a nervous system injury. It's different than soft tissue injuries. And TK was kind of explaining to me that the nervous system almost has, like, a memory of prior injuries to where – 
when it gets injured again, it's going to like signal the brain like, yo, what is happening? This is, and it, it kind of amplifies the second injury uh, in, in a way that's supposed to be protective and, and it is protective, but sometimes it can be a little bit too amplified. Um, but anyway, the, the point is the idea here is similar to Tua's concussion situation where it's going to take less of a threshold to a, a, like less of an impact to potentially create a similar or more significant injury. And TK was, was quite concerned about this with it being a spinal cord contusion. You know, that's the nerves that go to your arms, your legs, etc. So uh, he was not super thrilled about Stafford playing this year. Um, but again, it's gonna take, still going to take the right hit to do that. It's not like he's guaranteed to have another injury by any means. It's a pretty rare injury, a spinal cord contusion. It's pretty rare for football players. I haven't heard of a whole lot other than, um, uh, I mean, the linebacker for the Steel Shazier had a true spinal cord injury. There's been some of some more of those in history, um, but definitely some increased injury risk here for Stafford. And I mean, he's also old. He's what 35, so right there that increases your risk for injury. And he has a laundry list of prior injuries. So again, that also. Those are the two biggest factors that can influence future injuries is age and prior injury. All that said, like none of this is going to impact his ability to throw the ball unless he gets injured. So if you're drafting Stafford, you can do so expecting whatever production you're expecting from him, but just understand there's a little bit more of a risk for injury. Now, with all his injuries, he still managed to be on the field for the most part, other than this past year. Um, but so you really just kind of have to, to weigh the, the risk versus benefit. Like, I, I don't know that Stafford is startable anyway. Uh, maybe in, in two QB in two QB leagues, of course, yeah. he probably is. But that's really the only place I would consider drafting him. I'm not drafting him. I'm out on him. And I have six pick in my league. And this is why I'm actually seriously really hesitant to even look at Cup because I've dealt with Cup the last two years. Tremendous, Mm. unbelievable. But the second Stafford's done, Cup's average points are going to come down seven, eight points. So that's why I'm a little bit skeptical, not just about Stafford. I'm I'm pretty much out on him, um, but on Cup as well. I mean, there's a lot of red flags. Lately, you know, last couple seasons, uh, Stafford's interceptions have been up. Again, there's a lot of red flags there. 2021, he was QB5, but it just doesn't seem worth it to me. And beyond Cup, to tell you the truth, I don't even know who else is on that team. Ben Skoranek, a Higby. Is Higby still there? Is Higby gone? Van um, Jeff Van Jeff. It, it yeah. doesn't impress me much. Puka. So I don't, you don't like Puka? Who? Yeah. Is that a rookie? Yeah. yeah it's the rookie. Puka, Puka Nakua. Yeah, I mean. And How do you just, say it now, guys? Say, Puka who? Puka Nakua? Puka Nakua. That's what I've heard. I mean, okay. I'm not a main uh, expert, uh, but I mean, if, if I can jump in, I guess on this. Yeah. yeah there's just not anybody. I think the highest uh, yards total from receivers who are still on the team from last year outside of Cooper cup was Van Jefferson. And he had like 376. So unless all of these guys contribute, you know, a very significant amount more, I, I just am not excited about Stafford at all. And I think somebody was telling me, or I was counting, if you just look them up on our lads, their whole roster is green, which is for rookie. And they brought in, I th- it, it could have been somewhere like 25 undrafted 
rookie free agents. They have 40 or so rookies currently on the roster. Obviously, by the time wow. they get to the season, that's going to be less. This team went 5-12 and 12 last year. I just, yeah, I'm not super excited in the cup thing. I don't have a hot take on, but uh, yeah, I'm not excited about Stafford. And honestly, if he gets beat up at all this year, I don't see why they're going to have a ton of optimism when there was a bunch of retirement talk last year. So, and, and yeah, and I just read a, a report that they actually tried to trade Stafford this offseason. You're right. I saw that as well. And I don't know how legit it is or isn't, but it doesn't shock me that what they tried to trade him. And it also doesn't shock me that they couldn't. So, right. Who's the backup, Brett Rippin or Ripen? Uh, tough, tough show for names. We're going to have to title this episode Can't Pronounce Names, but I think that's the, I don't know. They have a yeah. rookie. Did they draft anybody? Oh, Stetson um, Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, if so you believe we'll in Stetson, <laughs> believe in Stetson, believe in the rebuild year for the Rams. I mean, again, I'm super skeptical, and this is what this. This could be the last year we're even talking about Stafford in, in a fantasy relevance uh, realm, I guess, so to say. So, And possibly Sean McVay. Could be. Dude, guy was uh, – you kind of look like Sean McVay. Eh, no, never mind. A little bit. <laughs> hey, I would take that. I would take that very He's happily. good-looking young oh, guy. You yeah, started I, to I'm mention it. Hair. I'm going to seize on to that now. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you guys listening in the car, this is uh, live – not live, but it's up on YouTube. So go check us out at any point. This was a, it was a perfect unplanned transition. But watch us on YouTube. You can see Zach's beautiful face and Tom's tan he got in – Canada. I Canada. I just made thought? that up. I don't think you look tan, but well, I did get tan. All right, so fine. Thank you. I'll take that compliment as well. Anytime. Speaking of compliments, don't really have many about Kyler Murray just because of the late injury. We're looking at a week 14, oh, 14 last year, torn ACL. Going late. And again, this is something that's baked right in there. QB 23, probably undrafted in a lot of leagues. You're looking at ADP around 144. That's the 12th round. We're talking 12 team leagues. And just to run some stuff quickly here, you know, 2020 QB five, 2021 QB four. Uh, and by the way, these stats, I'm sorry. These are points per game. So points per game when he's on the field, QB five, QB four last year was QB seven. Cardinals are terrible though. So just before you dive in Tom and talk injury here, I'm worried that if he doesn't come back till week six, seven, I don't really know. You could talk about that. And they're two and five, two and four, that they don't rush him back. I don't know, Tom. Tell me what to think about Kyler and the Cardinals. I think two and four is pretty favorable there. I think they're going to be awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's going to, hey, he had surgery January 3rd. That's eight months and seven days to week one, which is far earlier than we like to see coming off an ACL. Nine months is what the research identifies as a cutoff for a major risk for a re-tear, but we want as far out from injury as possible, pushing as close to a year as possible. Um, we talked uh, uh, several episodes ago, and I wrote in an article a few months ago about some of the factors that we look for t- for a favorable or a non-favorable return from an ACL tear, and Kyler's actually got a few in his favor, um, one being it was an isolated ACL tear. By all reports, there's no other tissues that were repaired. That's favorable for recovery. And this guy's say what you want about him as an actual quarterback, but he's a really, really, really good athlete. So that goes in their favor as well. However, the major negative factor is the time frame that we just talked about. Like time is not in his favor by any means. 
And like you said, if, if he doesn't return till week five, week six, which they're already talking about him starting this, the uh, starting camp on the pup, if they're 0 and 6, 1 and 5, they may say, okay, dude, take as much time as you need. We're not doing anything this season. And then he may not come back till like week eight, week nine. And he um, still is the future. I mean, he's only 25 sure. years old. Sure. So it's not like. It's do or die for him this year, right? I mean, he's got plenty of plenty of years left in the NFL. Yeah, and I, and maybe. I, I, I no. really Uh-oh, we so. got a hot take coming in. Hold on. Oh, sorry. I mean, if yeah, I don't know that he's going to be on the Cardinals. I think there's at least a chance that he's not on the Cardinals next year. So I yeah. In, in the, the league, league yes. Okay, in the fair. league, yes. That's, that's fair. fair. You're right. Yeah, I don't see a reason why somebody wouldn't play him. So you're right. I should have. Okay. No, that's fair. You just don't see him being on the Cardinals. Okay. Maybe. So, so what do you think about him for this year then? I mean, are you, is it even worth draft? Is this a guy you like, you know, 14th round? Do you take him or do you take a rookie wide receiver with upside or a rookie running back or a handcuff? Or do you just take a stab and say, all right, let me get Kyler and maybe he's back week eight and wins me a championship. What do you, so, I don't know. Here's the way I'm approaching it. Quarterbacks traditionally are not that impacted in their first season after an ACL tear, like Joe Burrow, um, you know, when Brady had his, there's, there's a number of others, but Kyler's a running quarterback. That's the big difference here. So much of his fantasy value comes on the ground, which will very likely be not at his prior level in this yeah. season. Plus he doesn't really have the greatest supporting cast around him. I mean, you got Hollywood Brown, you've got Zach Ertz who's coming back from his own injury and, and is Joe, we've talked about before, we're hoping that he just kind of follows like a Jason Witten end of career type yeah, path. Yeah. So not exactly a, a huge weapon anymore. Rondell Moore, who Rondell Moore still catches there, the yeah. ball four yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's he's a good he's good for seven catches and thirty one yards. Yeah. <laughs> um but I mean, let's say that you take the approach of not drafting a quarterback till very late and that your league has one or two IR slots. That's the only situation I'm drafting, Murray, is let's say your starting quarterback is Tua or Kirk Cousins or someone like that, and with your second-to-last pick, you stash Murray, keep him on the IR for however long, and that's only if he is not playing, that you can keep him there, by the way. Right. So that's the only situation I'm drafting him. Outside of that, I'm not drafting him, but I'm going to keep my eye on him. Because, you know, every now and then we do have a player who just kind of defies the odds and performs really, really well in that first season after an ACL tear. And it's not out of the question for that to be Murray. I just don't think it's in the first half of the season. Fair enough. Zach, in, out, neither. What do you think? I'd be out. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd bother stashing him on the IR, but if he did, that would make sense. Uh, but otherwise, I'd probably prefer to just keep somebody on the roster who I can drop within the first couple of weeks if I don't see anything from, or maybe try to grab a rookie like Marvin Mims or somebody like that. That maybe in the after the first five or six weeks, you know, you'll get something from because it sounds like you'll get something from them before you'll get something from Kyler, according to Tom. So fair enough. I mean, the only way is if I just miss out on like the top 14 quarterbacks and I, and, and then, and then yeah. I, I just look at someone who has an easy beginning of year schedule and then play them and then hope that Kyler comes back. But that would be, I think if I have Kyler on any of my, te- my teams, I probably failed the draft. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. I feel the same way. <laughs>
All right, we got three left. Now we're getting slightly out of fantasy relevance, but I know according to Zach, he's got some takes on this. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, We got Jimmy G, and then we'll talk about the 49ers. But Jimmy G first, quarterback 29, EDP 184, really late 16th round. On the Raiders, by the way, everybody, uh, he's got some good good weapons, probably the best weapons he's had. I mean, he's had uh, actually maybe not. He's had, uh, you know, those other weapons on the Niners as well, but he's got Devontae Adams, uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, Josh Jacobs. What's up with Jimmy G? What was even his injury, Tom? I actually didn't even take note of it. Oh, wow. Well done. Was it spinal so, cord? No. He had a foot fracture. <laughs> I, don't wish, I don't wish that upon anybody, by the way. Knock on wood for him. Foot fracture. So, much better. Okay. He had the foot fracture that then needed a, another procedure for. So he um, he has not participated in, in mini camps or OTAs, but all signs are pointing to him being ready for camp. Really no major concern. There was a lot of drama a month or so ago because in his contract, the Raiders can cut him free of all his guaranteed money if he doesn't pass the physical. But all reports are, are pretty confident that he's going to pass the physical and be good to go. Um, now, going back to our last show where we talked about risk factors for injury, age, and prior injury being the two biggest one. Jimmy's 31, so age is not exactly in his favor. Hmm. Here's his injury history. AC joint sprain, ACL tear, two high ankle sprains, grade three, I believe, both of them, calf strain thumb fracture and ligament tear of his throwing thumb, rotator cuff repair of his throwing shoulder, and this broken foot situation. So not, not exactly, up a, to Stafford. Not not exactly, not exactly yeah. a favorable injury history. But again, a difference here with a running back receiver or tight end is a quarterback's probably not going to get hurt from a non-contact injury unless it's like a scrambling quarterback like we saw with Kyler last year. For Garoppolo to get hurt, he's going to get hit in order for him to get hurt, which, again, this injury history, he's still more likely to get injured than if he didn't have that history. But it's still going to take the right hit for him to get injured. Um, so it's kind of hard to to gauge um, like how much stock we're putting into this injury history, being that they pretty much were all contact injuries. But it's still a pretty concerning history, and he's not – I don't think he's good enough to outweigh that injury risk for him to be on my team again, unless it's a two QB league. And then great points. And then that stems off to Devontae Adams, because if Jimmy mm-hmm. G is down, I trust Jimmy G, but I'm looking at their depth chart, Brian Hoyer. Okay. Uh, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, like that's going to be a huge hit. If you are worried after listening, if you are worried about Jimmy G at all, could be reason for concern for Devontae Adams. Probably one of the best wide receivers ever, but just saying something to think about. Um, Zach, what are your thoughts on Jimmy G? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't have too many hot takes, but I will say, well, maybe this is. Do we know that Jimmy Garoppolo is good? Uh, <laughs> we saw that he was fine in in San Francisco. He played a couple games for the Patriots, but other than that, he's played for Kyle Shanahan the whole time, right? And he's now, a game of course, manager, he's, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty yeah. good game manager. Yeah, and he's yeah. back with Josh McDaniels. So if he was going to go, I, I would feel better about him where he's at than if he went to some random place that had a first-year uh, play caller or something like that. But I don't trust the Raiders. I don't know that you've ever trusted Jimmy G. I, I wouldn't trust him uh, uh, to be on my team at, at 
seems like a nice guy. Him. You know, grab a cup of coffee with them. You know, we're the same age, good looking guy. A lot of good looking, good looking young football players out here. My again, coaches, but I, I don't, I don't. I'm with you, man. I, I don't, I don't think I could trust him either. I think he's best probably left on waivers for the 2023 season. Down to our last two. We are going to talk about, and you got. I need a lot of clarifying here, Tom, Zach. 49ers quarterback situation. Tom, I guess we'll go one at a time. And then, Zach, I'm going to turn it over to you, man, because you could talk about the podcast that you were just on or that you just hosted. Or, you know, I think you had somebody on with you from uh, the 49ers, one of the one of the beat writers, right, from the 49ers? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yep. Jack Hammer, yeah, Santa Rosa Press Democrat. What a name. That's actually the best name. Historic Jack Hammer. Okay. I'll let you get to that. I'll introduce the injuries, and then, Tom, you can take it away, and then, Zach, on to you. So, Brock Purdy, going real late, guys. QB 25. I have ADP 182, the 16th round. He's got an elbow tear or coming off an elbow tear. And then Trey Lance, QB 31, also ADP right around 180, 185, 16th round. He's coming off a fractured ankle. Um, Tom, what you know? What's what do you see it? I don't even know who's going to be their starter. I think it's going to be Lance. I'm hearing Purdy. I know Zach probably likes Purdy. Tom, why don't we talk injuries first with these guys? Let's yeah, let's talk injuries. Let's talk. Let's start with Purdy, who had the UCL tear that was repaired with an internal brace. The average timeline on that is five months. His surgery was March 10th, so five months would be August 10th. The start of the season is September 10th. A lot of tens there. Um, Purdy, when recovering from this injury, the throwing pro- throwing program starts typically week 12 post-op. Um, Zach, I believe. Jack Hammer was saying that he actually started a little bit before that, which is great. That's great to hear. Uh, obviously, that meant his surgeon was comfortable with what he saw from his healing, that he allowed him to start a little bit early. Um, we're looking at uh, so that that pro that throwing program advances over the next eight weeks to 20 weeks post-op, gradually increasing distance, increasing number of throws, increasing velocity. So it's not like you go from nothing to full at that 12 weeks uh, post-op mark. So 20 weeks post-op will be July 28th, I believe. And the Niners start camp only a couple days before that. So Purdy should be full go by the second week camp at worst, which uh, should give him vital opportunity to fend off Trey Lance for the starting job. So now let's go into Trey Lance, who had that right, and it's critical that it's his right ankle, fibula fracture with ligament damage that required surgery for both. Now, his surgery was back in either September or October. He's had plenty of time to rehab, to heal and rehab, and uh, he's, he's full go by now, no doubt, running, cutting, throwing, etc. However, this type of injury with a pretty significant surgery like he had, there's always that risk for lingering stiffness in the foot and the ankle from it being immobilized for a while in, a, in a, either a cast or a boot after the surgery, Sometimes people don't always regain the motion. Now, he's very young, so his likelihood of regaining full range of motion is much better than if, say, Jimmy Garoppolo, who had his own surgeries on his foot and is several years older. Um, Now, even if Lance doesn't fully regain the range of motion, I wouldn't expect that to dramatically impact his athleticism, his throw power, maybe a little bit his accuracy, but probably not dramatically and I wouldn't really expect it to impact his running speed or, or agility, but just potentially influencing mechanical things in the knee and the hip and the back that could influence future injury. So again, prior injury, biggest predictor of future injury. However, age in Lance's favor. 
So I'm not super concerned with either of these guys from an injury standpoint. And now, Zach, I'll turn it over to you to talk about what you uh, what you think about them. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to ruin like the in out segment of anything, but um, after go ahead, talking, shoot your shot, man, go yeah, ahead. <laughs> yeah, after talking with um, Jack from, like I said, the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, he covers the the Forty ers You should definitely check him out. He's got a lot of really good tweets and data uh, on his Twitter about like that whole situation. After talking with him, now I I admittedly am a Trey Lance truther, or I was anyways, I was very excited about him, drafted him in dynasty. So, uh, but I've, I've traded him away and I've given up my hopes on that. I am on the, uh, Brock Purdy train as it were. Uh, and if you want to hear more about that from, from Jack and some of the breakdown I did on our show, uh, you can uh, find that at uh, 32 beat beyond the tweets and you can, you can search that just wherever you get your podcast. But, um, yeah, I actually think that Purdy is a pretty good value where he's going at right now. Um, you have him at ADP 182. Uh, I don't know exactly where I had him at, uh, but he's going around people like, uh, well, let me grab it here. I lost it. There we go. Yeah, like Derek Carr. Yep. Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, who had a, like a historically bad first round rookie season. So I don't understand that at all. Um, and frankly, uh, just if we're listening to the 49ers and if we're watching what they've done, uh, they brought in a guy to compete as a backup and Purdy, they've said that Purdy's the starter. He's ahead of schedule. And just after talking to Jack, it really made me feel very confident that Purdy was going to be the guy. Now, anything can change injuries and all of that. Uh, but he did seem to make it pretty clear that once Purdy is over that, uh, injury it'll be very clear that he is and that he's an immediate full go it's not something that they'll ease him into too much uh and they uh, like uh tom said he's kind of ahead of schedule here so i'm very in on purdy i can give you some more details about that if you want uh right now but uh i would definitely anticipate seeing purdy uh instead of lance this year if, if you're taking my opinion now do you think they would trade Lance? Is that something that is on the table for them? Do you think? I mean, the guy was what he was a third. What was he picked? Third overall. Third overall. Yeah, yeah. And if you do the well, math on it, they gave up right. Like, oh, sorry, I interrupted you there. Yeah, he was the uh, the third overall pick. Um, they traded a haul to get him too. Yeah. Yeah, I think my internet was weird there for a second, so I apologize. But um, yeah, I, I think that's the only way that he's not on the roster. He has too much of a dead cap to just simply cut, and that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Purdy's cheap enough that this whole situation isn't really costing them anything uh, from that standpoint. You know, maybe by week eight, if there's an injury or something like that to uh, either somebody on the roster, you know, the 49ers are not good with injury history. So maybe he gets a start just uh, by chance. But if there's another quarterback somewhere else in the league or something like that, who goes down, you could see that they did try to trade him in the off season. So that's the only for, that's the only thing that I uh, would see happening. And, and I think it's a possibility, but I don't know how likely it is until the off season. All right, we shall see. So that wraps up our, our first and, and longest segment, but some really good information there just to recap the players we discussed. Lamar Jackson, Tua, Matthew Stafford, Kyler, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. So some really good information there, Tom. Thank you. Now let's transition over to our final short little segment here. In or out, Tom, we got to get some theme music for this going forward. It's going to be great. In, I don't know, we're going to, it's going to be awesome. All right. uh, we're going to have to figure out the technology on that. We're working on it, guys. <laughs> we are getting better every damn day. We're working our butts off out here to make a better show for you guys out there. Okay. So Zach will go first, then Tom, and then myself. So we're just going to talk one player each, one quarterback, since that's what our show is about. One player that we're real in on for this year at their ADP, at least, and one player that we're fading. And, and again, at least for me, these are at ADP. We're not talking mm-hmm. that we don't like these players as people or even as football players. It's more for fantasy draft relevance. So we'll let yeah. the guests go first. Zach, uh, who are you in and, and who are you out on for this year? Sounds good. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to go out and then in because it's just an easier transition there uh, for me anyways <laughs> with the guys I have. So if I'm looking at who I'm out on, it's going to be Kirk Cousins. Now, he's not being drafted incredibly high, but he's at QB 13 right now. And it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because he's being drafted in front of rushers like Daniel Jones. Uh, but he also has uh, ADP in front of Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, at least in best ball formats. So uh, he, of course, has Justin Jefferson, which is probably the only thing propping him up. And they added Jordan Addison this year. But last year, he was uh, he's well, currently he's being if you look at it, certain sites, he's being projected at like QB nine. And I just don't understand. I, I don't I don't want to buy that. Uh, he played 17 games and was a top 10 QB in only seven of them. Uh, two of those were against Detroit. And I think they're going to be a little bit better this year. They're still not going to have a great defense, but they should be better. And then one of them took the greatest comeback in NFL history to, to make happen. So I just don't know that it, it, it might be repeatable, but I don't know that he's going to um, that he's going to improve on anything. And he was quarterback six last year, but that was in a year where scoring was just super down across the league. And he was actually lower uh, than his previous couple of years where he plays significantly lower in the quarterback ranking. So I'm just not super excited about him as an upside player where you're getting him. I'd rather just draft the guy who will probably do the same, if not better, in, we've already talked about him, Brock Purdy. So this is who I'm in on. You know, barring That's any a kind killer of, transition right yeah, there. Nicely thank done. You. Yeah, you know, I had it written out and everything. I'm like, oh, this is how I'm going to do this. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I think barring a catastrophic implosion, Brock's going to be the guy. Again, some people, you can disagree with that, but that's just what I'm hearing. So that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, I think you get a great floor from him. You're, you're not going to get a ton of rushing. Um, but you are uh, probably getting, in my opinion, a top 10 QB. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Last year, while he was start, he started in week 13 as a sixth uh, round pick, the last guy in the draft, right? He was a QB one in three of those six regular season games that he started. One of them was QB five, right? And he has Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey started um, for them right at the trade deadline, I think it was. But when, if you look at Christian McCaffrey, he had five receiving touchdowns on the season. Three of them came after week 13 or in week 13 while uh, Purdy was starting. So I just think they have a lot of ways to throw the ball into the end zone. And I think that that's going to make Purdy's job really easy. So yeah, you're not getting a ton of rushing upside, but he's going around people like I mentioned, uh, Derek Carr, eh, Jordan Love, who knows? Kenny Pickett, possibly terrible and has Matt Canada as an OC, right? <laughs> so I'm just not in on any of those guys. And I think you got at a great value, 
uh, you know, you know, somebody like uh, Brock Purdy. So I'd rather have him, like I mentioned, than, than Kirk Cousins, who you could grab like Damian Harris or Rashad Penny instead of and then and grab Purdy late. So that's that that would be what I would do. I was really um, surprised with some of the stats that uh, Jack Hammer put out on 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 the 32 beat writers show that what was he saying that it was Purdy had like the exact same completion percentage as Mahomes on deep balls. Yeah, he was very good on deep balls, and he was really good uh, over the middle of the field, which is is good for a Kyle Shanahan offense. Absolutely. Again, he's just got guys that you put the ball in their hands, they're going to make plays for you. All right. Yep. Beat that, Tom. What do you got? Beat our guest. What do you got? Who are you in? Who are you out on? That's going to be hard to beat because uh, Purdy is starting to sound really, really nice. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, how, how's, how's this one? I'm in. On Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Spite himself, he's once again has elite talent around him. I mean, Garrett Wilson is an emerging superstar. They've got a nice backfield. I think this is this is a nice offense that he's got around him. And he is the most spiteful human being in the world. Anytime <laughs> someone doubts him, he's going to prove them wrong. So I think he, he was not pleased with how things went last season for, for him and his team, and I think he's still got at least a year or two to prove himself. And he's currently, according to Fantasy Pros, quarterback 17. That's free. If you want to punt the quarterback position, you can take Rodgers late, and you can be, I think, fairly confident that you're getting a nice piece to your team. Now... I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Tom. I'm going to be difficult today. Please do. Rodgers last year. When are you not difficult? Always. <laughs> finished as a top 12 quarterback twice. He Hasn't thrown. Hold on. Yeah, you're okay. Hasn't thrown for 300 yards since week 14 of 2021. Just so again, just, you, just, just a bad last season when <laughs> he had no... Uh, Christian Watson was good. He emerged through the season. And Romeo Dobbs good. was a body, a warm body. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> All right, you are you enough. were just bored on summer break and looking for stuff to do. I'm so bored, and I have so many statistics here. So whatever you say, I'm going to have something for for against. But okay, you convinced right. me a little bit though. All right. Anyway. I'm out on Anthony Richardson, who's currently, according to Fantasy Pros, quarterback 14. There's no question this guy has all the upside. All of the upside. But he's raw. So here's my question for you guys. Was Josh Allen good in his rookie season? Uh, No, not really. No. No. How about Jalen Hurts? Well, he ran a decent amount. Yeah. Okay. How about Justin Fields? Was he a great fantasy option in his rookie season he had games not his rookie season no Mm -hmm. i hear Uh, okay okay i'm so in on anthony richardson in dynasty i'm so out on him in redraft i am totally okay with missing the boat if he proves me wrong but i just i i i don't think that he's on a great team that has great weapons i think first off we don't even know if he's starting i mean he will at some point for sure but gardner Minshew's there who everybody loves He's the freaking man. I think Minshew will, will have at least potentially start a few weeks before Richardson takes over. Mm. And then there's just too many question marks here for me 
and I'm willing to be wrong about him for this season. But you would, you're predicting that next year you'll probably be like, all right, like I'm ready for him, but he's too raw for you. Absolutely. Speaking of Gardner Minshew, Tom, as we almost wrap up our show here, you kind of actually give off Gardner Minshew vibes. I'm not just throwing that's, that out there. It's a compliment. You it's can a com- ever give someone. So I got myself, Joe D'Amico, a history teacher with uh, Sean McVay and Gardner Minshew today. Lovely, lovely having you what a, on the show. What a team. What a team. All right. I'll start with my out. Listen, I'm going to keep this one real simple. I alluded to this earlier. I'm just out on Tua, and it's not even many. St- I'm a big, 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 big stack guy. Not even many stats that I'm using to back this up. I just don't have a good feeling about it. I'm just worried about one bad hit. And again, I mentioned this earlier. I think he is due for regression. His A dot went through the roof, relied on the big plays. Sure, the big plays happen. That's fine. But there were some bad stretches last year. He's a guy that can go out, throw for five touchdowns week one. I'm like, oh, crap. But you know what? I'm not trusting it. I'm worried about Tua. I'm not drafting him. For my in, I did a little bit of cheating here because I picked two guys and I picked like – Again, I'm bored, clearly. I picked like a system here. This is the system. This is what you should do if you miss out on quarterback. You're going to take two guys a little bit later. One is a guy that I'm in on this year because he's a safe pick, Jared Goff. Going off at quarterback 16 right now. Last year, guys, finished at QB 10. Seventh last year in passer rating. Sixth in yards per attempt last year. Only sacked 23 times. Guy gets rid of the ball fast. He's in control of his offense. Their line improved. I looked a lot into their offensive line. It's improved. One of the easiest schedules this year. Their defense, guys, tell me about their defense. Stinks. Not Terrible. great. Not they great. are going to be throwing, throwing, throwing. You got some decent weapons there. You got Williams when he comes back. You got Amon Ross St. Brown. You got Gibbs in there. And from weeks 13 through 17 last year, when you really needed them, if you did, Averaged almost 22 points, 21.9. So if you miss out, if you totally miss the boat, take him for safety. But to conclude our show, you're going to want to take this one guy for his upside. And it's Anthony Richardson, Tom. (laughs) I I know you didn't know I was going with this. I like him for his upside uh, going off of QB 18. Dude, he might be the most athletic human in NFL history. I mean, him, B. John Robinson, sure, these prospects are insane. Listen, I think he's like the guy that is like hurts the year before. And I know we're probably going to be a year off in our cycle here. Uh, but later in the year could be like a hurts towards, you know, one of those earlier points in his career when he started to really come out. Right. Justin Fields last year, um, you know, in Florida, I am a little bit worried. I think he only played like 13 games in Florida, average 60 rush yards. So I think to me that floor is there. And if he could throw for. Close to 3,000 yards. Fields only threw for 2,200 last year. Ran for 1,100 fields. Uh, so let me just look at this real quick. Almost done, I promise. Fields, last year passed for 2,200 yards. Rushed for 1,100. 25 total touchdowns. Finished as the QB6. That is not ridiculously out of the question to me for Richardson. I don't know. If he could throw for 2,500 yards, the rushing floor is there. Uh, Shane Steichen, the new Colts head coach, Tom, you know where he was the offensive coordinator for recently? I sure do. The Eagles. And right. he worked with Hertz. He think he's going to kind of work with Richardson, get him easy completions. I just like him. So that's my strategy. If I miss quarterback, I'm taking Goff to be safe, and then I'll take Richardson as the upside and stash him. All right. So to, uh, to wrap up here, so Zach is in on Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and out on Kirk Cousins. Tom is in on Aaron Rodgers, out on Anthony Richardson. I'm in on Anthony Richardson and Jared Goff, kind of cheated, and I'm out on Tua. Um, 
but that's it guys that wraps up our show that was a hell of an awesome show zach man appreciate you joining us remember you guys out there give him a follow he's at high duke zachary and you could go back to the beginning of our show we talked about his podcast a little bit but zach hope to have you back on soon brother thanks yeah i was glad to be here and uh yeah i'm excited to see if maybe we can uh be on back at some point and talk again sounds great and tom next is running backs we'll talk we will chat all right and for our loyal listeners we thank you guys if it was your first time welcome hope you enjoyed the show until then we are the fantasy injury team see you guys next time